This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our web address. ClarkDeals.com is where you see ways to save money. Coming up in 20 minutes, speaking of money, one of the giant monster mega banks just had to pay a massive fine for aiding and abetting money laundering, kind of thing that leads to funding for terrorists and things like that. I'm going to tell you the dirty deal in just 20 minutes. In a half hour from now, I have an update for you on the miracle cure that supposedly can improve your vision without surgery, without glasses, without contacts. I got an update coming your way. I want to talk right now about something that is a fact of life. Most Americans are going to have to work way past a theoretical retirement point. You know, the country's been in transition. You know, we went through a significant number of decades that people tended to marry their employer. You'd go to work somewhere, you'd work there for your entire career or pretty much all of it. You'd have an employer-provided pension, the whole thing known as the golden handcuff, that they would take care of you in return for you staying loyal to them. Today, we don't marry employers, they don't marry us. We date, and the relationships can be very rocky and don't last. The idea of employer-provided pensions, not extinct, but exceedingly rare today. And so then you and I are left having to be responsible in the midst of all the other things we have going on in our lives to figure out how much money to save for retirement, how it should be invested, and then build a big enough nest egg that we're able at a time that we would like to retire. It's a bridge too far for the overwhelming percent of the American people. The number of people that are in a position likely to be able to retire who don't have an employer-provided pension, it's probably somewhere like one in six, one in seven. The rest of us, we're going to need to work. And so the thing is, you can't look at that as a sentence. By sentence, I mean like being sentenced to prison. Well, you can. It just makes it miserable. And so I really want you to think about something a new way. And that is that working particularly as you're at a point where you're working past when other people are doing whatever they want to do in their 60s. So that's the decade we think of as normal retirement. You may be working till your 80s. This may be the way it is. 
try to think about what that part of your work existence is going to be where you can do things that you get pleasure from, that you get enjoyment from in addition to a paycheck. Even if it pays less than doing something that you just can't stand. You know, we as a country have not come anywhere near a consensus how to fix what ails our system for retirement. And retirement itself is basically an 150-year-old concept that as best I could tell from when I was in college studying this, comes from Germany and then it became the thing in the developed countries and it still is in a number of developed countries but our culture is different and our relationship with our employers is different and it's going to lead us on this alternate path and I don't want it to be agony or misery I want you to be able to do something for work that you embrace and brings you satisfaction pleasure, sense of accomplishment. Not every day, but consistently. Judy joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Judy. Hello, Clark. You get to go to Hawaii. Yes, I do. Oh, I love Hawaii. I do, too, and it's been seven years since I was there, and I was thrilled to get invited with friends to go on this island cruise. Oh, okay. I just had somebody ask me a few weeks ago about if they should visit Hawaii by cruise or just fly to an island or two. Uh-huh. So you're going to do the cruise. That's right. What, what fun is that? You only get to unpack once. Well, we're going to stay in Honolulu for two nights before um, we get on the ship so that we can really have time to do what we want to do in Honolulu. Well, neat. How can I be of service with this? Um, We're looking at the best airfare from Portland, and what we've found is only book only the fares only go until April of 2018 and those fares are listed at six around six hundred dollars and right I want you to do something that's going to give you the sense of what you should be paying and how long you should wait to find it okay I'd like you to go to the website google.com slash flights I've heard that that's a good site. It is the best search engine. And so if you were to put in your Portland is departure city, Honolulu is arrival, and just uh, it'll start the search today, and then you'll see a place where you can arrow over month by month. And I'm looking right now, and uh, in the fall, the fares are 356 round oh, trip. Oh, my goodness. From... Portland to Honolulu. You're kidding. And that continues. I'm looking at August, September, October, November. uh, Into December, they're 356 round trip, day after day after day. And that uh, January, it goes up $10. February, it's the same general range. 
In March, it stays at 362. And then after that, that sales over. But the point is, if you look through and you see what kind of prices are available, it gives you the pricing trend. And you know, as fares start to uh, be loaded in the system and you get closer to your travel period, you'll be able to see, looking at the pattern over the last 10 or so months, what fare should you really be looking for? And what's okay. going to be a good fare from Portland to Honolulu? And you'll see it and you'll know. And when one of those deals comes along, you'll know to buy it. Oh, that's wonderful. That's exactly what we needed to know. So I hope that helps. And yes. this has become, you know, usually my thing is you wait for a sale somewhere and then you decide why you're going to go there. But you uh-huh. have a specific destination and a specific general date for going and returning. So yeah. it kind of ties your hands behind the back on getting the lowest prices out there. But if you let time be your friend here, you'll still be able to reduce the price a lot for Hawaii. Oh, that's perfect. So have a great time, and I will be perma-jealous. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Sure. And someday I want to live in Hawaii three months a year, December, January, and February. And I hope that comes true someday. Mike is with us. Mike, you have a tip for your fellow listener, is that right? We'll see. It's, uh, it's a lesson, if nothing else. Let's hear but, uh, I've got a son who uh, turns 16 next month, so it's the, the driving age in our state. So obviously it's a time when I wanted to take a look back, insurance rates, am I paying a competitive rate now, what coverage do I need to add or subtract with him coming on, and I, and I guess I got the sticker shock that every parent gets about this, this age of their, their son's life. Um, the rate for my current insurer were, were going up significantly, more than, more than doubling. So I went out just to all of the obvious Internet sites to get some competitive quotes, not only for the rates when our son would join the policy, but for our current rates as well, and, and was very surprised at the rates that were out there for the current coverage that we have. How much so lower? They were in the range of 25 30% lower. I That's always that. a stunner to people, but yeah. anybody just about who would go and shop auto insurance would likely find rate quotes out in the marketplace that much cheaper. Yeah. And I had, I'd been with this current insurer for just over 20 years, almost 21, and I think you know, came from a day and age where the insurance rate was just a fixed rate you're going to pay. There's not a whole lot of flexibility. I mean, you get multi-car and homeowner's discounts and that kind of thing, but not a whole lot of flexibility beyond that. But I called the insurer just to discuss you know, the changing of the policy, adding my son even as a student driver, and I mentioned to him that we'd you know, gotten some competitive rates both for with and without my son on the policy, what those rates were, and told him that when he turned 16 in another month or so, we were going to have to make some serious decisions about, about our coverage. And we've got you know, not only auto, but homeowners and an umbrella and everything else with these guys as well. So it's, it's been very simple to stay with them over the years. So they, they offered, uh, w- without really a request, they offered to do what they called a credit review on the account to see if there was anything else that could be done to, to make these you know, my rates more attractive. And they told me they'd call me back the next day at 4 o'clock, and, and literally on the dot, they called me back the next day at 4 o'clock 
and agreed to reduce our rates by just over 40%. So, <laughs> uh, so now uh, even cheaper than what you were seeing from others in the marketplace. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, and, and it, it, mixed reactions. Disappointed that you, know, you had to have this conversation to get a competitive rate with somebody who had been with this long, but very encouraged that they would you know, take a look. I, I guess it, it, it can't be based solely on credit. I've never seen a No, Mike, credit. let me tell you what's yeah. really going on, Okay. okay. All right, let me tell you, there you have with an insurer, you have what they call a loyalty index score. Okay. And if their computer modeling says that you are a loyal person and that you are not a likely person to shop around, mm-hmm. you're charged much higher rates for uh-huh. auto and homeowners insurance than people who they know are price sensitive and not loyal to a particular brand or a particular company. And the insurers pay big money to get the loyalty index scores on their insureds so that it's one of the odd things about modern capitalism is that people are punished for loyalty and rewarded for disloyalty. I'll give you another example, completely different kind of thing. Pay television. Mm -hmm. If you're with one provider and you stay with one provider, your rates go up and up and up. But if you look at the solicitations from the satellite companies, the phone companies, the cable monster, if you are a new customer, you're given a much better deal. That's why I tell mm-hmm. people who live in an area you can only be served by satellite, you stay with DirecTV for two years, then Dish Network for two years. And you go back to DirecTV for two years, and every time you're treated as a new subscriber and you're given rates less than half, yeah. What an existing subscriber pays. Yeah, and I've, I've always been a, a bit of a technology junkie, and not to necessarily get the lower rates, but just out of curiosity, tried the, just about every provider service over the last eight or ten years, and then, like you said, it's, it's consistently lower to switch. So now you know something that you've shared that's a very important thing for your fellow listener to know, and that is that if you do not shop your auto and homeowner's insurance, and you stay loyal, and you think you're being rewarded for years and years, or like in your case, decades of loyalty, guess again, you're being punished for being loyal. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Today's Clark Rageous moment is just an abomination. Citibank, one of the four giant monster mega banks, is having to pay a $100 million fine for aiding and abetting Money launderers. How Clark rages. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark rages moment. So, over a five year period, Citibank looked the other way while various bad actors used it to be able to launder money. So at the least, you've got gangs and drug dealers, embezzlers, whoever, 
let's hope no terrorists were using the bank as a way to launder. Now, what drives me bonkers is they're paying the $100 million fine for not having what's known as internal controls, just looking the other way, see no evil kind of thing. And they were permitted, in spite of the fact that $9 billion was laundered, $9 billion, they didn't have to admit any fault. I thought we were done with that with the banks. And by the way, why is no one going to prison? So the feds said the answer to that is that once they got caught red-handed that the bank was cooperating. Okay, so let me try this. I'm going to go out and I'm going to rob banks. I'm going to go and stick them up. And then the FBI is going to close in and say, we've caught you. And I'd say, well, let me tell you everything I did. So on this day, I went and robbed this bank. And this day, I went and robbed that bank. And I'm being so cooperative. Okay, so we'll drop all charges? Really? That's not happening, right? So why does it happen the other way? We'll be right back. I'm so glad you've taken time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show. This show is about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. Clark.com slash ask is how you get to ask me questions. Or you can go to Clark.com, look on the home screen, and see how to get free off-the-air advice from a member of our team. Nine hours every weekday, except during holidays. This free service is something we've been doing as part of the Clark Howard Show for 24 and a half years. Hey, four eyes there. That's me. I've been four eyes since I was five years old, I guess. What a pain. But a lot of people find they don't need any kind of glasses till they hit their 40s. And then they have trouble reading. They may see fine to drive. They may see fine every day. But the reading thing, suddenly you're one of the people who, if you're smart, goes to a dollar store to get dollar readers. If you're not, you spend too much money on readers. And you've got that awkward thing where they're on, they're off, they're on, they're off. And then you leave them everywhere. That's why you should only pay a dollar for them. What if, without any kind of surgery or anything like that, you could teach your eyes to basically rejuvenate themselves and be able to read again? That has been the promise for years of an app that you buy that allows you to train your eyes so you can read without glasses. You look at the reviews for this, for iPhones and Androids, the most polarizing thing ever 
from people who say, what a waste of my money, to people who say, this is a miracle. I don't need those readers anymore. So our producer, Kim, in the interest of research for our show and to give our own perspective on this, was willing to sacrifice and admit that she had reached a point in life where she was having trouble reading without readers. No big deal there. You've seen me and my readers for years now. Yeah, but our listeners haven't. That's true. That's true. And they still think you're 26. Of course, obviously. Right. As I was the day I started. Exactly. (laughs) So, (laughs) So you were curious and were willing to take up the challenge. First, what did it cost you for the app? It is an expensive app. It is the most expensive app I've ever paid for, $30 for three months. That's a lot of money. So you pay your $30, and was your $30 money down the drain? I don't think so. I mean, it it all kind of seems like voodoo to me, but it, it is intensive training. So they don't actually say that they're going to fix your eyes to read better. What they say is they're going to train your brain to process information quicker so that even if it's not crystal clear, your brain still understands what's going on. And that's true. Like things aren't, I think it worked, honestly. So you're supposed to do it three times a week takes about 10 minutes and what it basically is is you hold your phone not like really far away as a lot of people who need reading glasses need to do in order to see something but you hold it at a normal distance and there's this little image that's a little black and white circle that they'll flash and you're supposed to say if you see it or if you don't see it or did it happen first screen or second screen and it gets more faint and quicker and quicker and quicker and they say that it trains your brain to process that information quicker. And one of the things that it tells you is that you cannot wear your reading glasses the entire time that you're training. So for three months, I have not been wearing my readers. And it was very difficult in the beginning. And it's not so difficult anymore. I can read without them. Like dim lighting is still terrible. Really, really small print, like in a, in a candlelit restaurant is the absolute worst. But, you know, here at the studio, I haven't needed to put them on in about two months. So you're sold. I think I am. It feels like witchcraft. It's really weird that something like this would actually work. But in my personal experience, training, you know, every day that they say to, I've had great results. And the app is called Glasses Off. Right. And I think there are some others as well now. I don't know, honestly. Um, But Glasses Off is the one that you tried. that's the one that I tried. And I wonder what it is if there's a difference in different people's eyes that it worked for you and other people say this was a waste of their time or if it's about taking the time to do the retraining of your eyes by the schedule required. I think those are both very likely reasons why it's so polarizing. Um, But, you know, everybody always says everybody's brain is completely different. And if it's retraining your brain to process information, sure, it's not going to work for everyone. And also, you do have to do it three times a week. And sometimes people forget stuff like that. So that, you're right, is also an option as to why it doesn't work for everyone. Quick, what does this say? 
Uh, 3.5 rating. That's it. That's all I saw. It was really, really big, too, though. (laughs) Martha's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Martha, how are you today? Well, I'm doing much better today than I was on Friday. How come? What happened to you on Friday? I had my wallet stolen at a local coffee shop. I was there at a meeting and um, sitting there, had my purse underneath the chair and realized through a text alert that someone was trying to use one of my credit cards and uh, pulled up my purse. My wallet was gone. And, um, you know, then it started, you know, I had to make the phone calls. I called the police, did all that kind of stuff. But I was thankful because I had frozen my credit a couple of months ago. So I didn't have the worry that they had my driver's license and my credit cards that they were going to open up credit in my name. Wow, that that's such a real-life experience where something that could have been a major hassle is just a hassle. It's just a hassle. I have to tell you that the, when the police department responded, I thought they were just going to be uh, somebody's wallet got stolen. But they actually were very helpful. They pulled video from both the place I was, I was at as well as the places they tried to use the cards. They're going to try to match that up. Probably won't get anything back, but it made me feel like they cared that my wallet had been stolen. Um, I did try to get free coffee, like for life, from the uh, coffee shop, but I did was not able to negotiate that. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a new driver's license too, so that was good. But it was all in all a terrible situation because the rest of the day I was like, I have no money, I have no access to money. I felt like a '50s housewife, you know. I couldn't get any money. It was terrible. So you had to rely on the kindness of friends and strangers to yes, get through the yes. day. To get through the day, I'm thankful I had filled my tank up before I before I started. How's but, it going with the credit card companies issuing new cards for you? Good. I mean, I haven't gotten any of the new ones yet, but it's only been a few days, and I expect to get them this week. They said they'd do it immediately, cut it off. And while the person, you know, tried to tried several times to use my credit cards, they were not successful, and uh, we canceled all that out. And at the same time, we froze our credit. My husband and I's credit, we had gone over to my in-laws' house because they're in their 80s. They're not going to be borrowing more money. We went ahead and froze their credit, too. So you just have that peace of mind that, okay, it's not going to go any farther than this, and we can deal with this. Well, I really thank you for taking the time to share this because I talk about credit freeze to the point that sometimes people post Clark Stinks about would I just stop about the credit freeze, but it's the best tool we have to have peace of mind, to keep criminals from messing with us and applying for accounts as if they're us. And I'm just so glad that, I'm so sorry that you were a victim of a crime, but that the harm from that crime is so relatively limited. Yes, and I'm thankful about that too. And and, uh, I'm just glad I listened to you and went out and froze my credit. Well, I appreciate that. Are there any follow-up questions I can answer for you? You feel like you have this completely contained. Well, I think I just need to keep checking and being sure that even though it's been a few days and nothing's happened, just making sure that that happens going forward and that when I get the new credit cards, you know, get everything. I think the annoying thing's going to be the things that you have set up for automatic payments, <laughs> right. making sure that those get switched over. That That is a very good point. Whenever, after the Target breach, I had several card issuers issue me new numbers And it did cause me problems with things that were set up as automatic payments. And so that is a very, very good point that I'm glad you mentioned. And I'm glad for you 
that this is just a temporary hassle that's going to fade into oblivion. Paul is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Paul. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Paul. You're going to ask me a question that I first need to preface by telling you I am not a lawyer. Right. So what's the scoop, Paul? Well, I'm uh, 49, military retired. Thank you Uh, for your service. Oh, thank you, sir. Which branch were you in? I was in the Air Force, but I served joint for 15 years. Well, I thank you so much for that. So what's going on with you? I'm uh, single, been divorced for 10 years, have a pretty good investment portfolio, pretty good income, and um, got marriage on the horizon. No one is special, but thinking about how do I protect my money? So that brings the question of a prenup up. So here's the thing. I am terrible on this question. Let me tell you why. And you can laugh if you want. I am a romantic. And so even though I know intellectually that if you go into a marriage with a significant amount of assets, that uh, we have the reality that a lot of times it doesn't work out more than half that it is, from a financial standpoint, absolutely the right thing to do, to do a prenup where you protect your assets coming in to a marriage at nearly your 50th birthday, and that your bride-to-be does as well, that she protects what she has coming in. And that is the right answer financially. I just can't bring myself to do that in my own life because... It means that I'm preparing up front for the possibility that the marriage won't work out, and that's just too hard for me. So from, from if you ask me, if you take all the blood out of my body and you just ask me strictly as a dollars and cents question, you are absolutely right to do a prenup. I appreciate that. So I don't, I don't know how to make that call for you because it is that, to me, it's that stark and clear and simple that it is, if, you, if you're looking at a marriage as a contract, that you also do the contract for the prenup. If you're looking at it as a leap of faith, that then you jump in and know that, well, it could get ugly financially if your leap of faith is wrong. Yes, and that's exactly my ethical dilemma you know my marriage belief is not 50 50 it's 100 100 okay but uh, being prior divorced before and taking a huge hit being divorced in california it's taking me a while to recover right so i that's why it's just it's like a decision you got to make from the heart i guess because intellectually we both know it's the right thing to do from an intellectual standpoint to do the prenup but then this, this heart, this other organ enters the picture. And so what do you do? Yeah, ask and, advice. Yeah, and, and what do you think she would say? Uh, I think it all depends on who it is. If she's a woman who's wealthier than I, I think the same question has crossed her mind. Okay. All right. It is a tough one. All right. So I'll tell you a story. Enough times passed, I can probably tell this story. Guy I know who was getting married and the day before the wedding presents his bride-to-be with a prenup drawn by his lawyer and says, I need you to sign this. What do you think 
the bride to be did Krista you don't know I've never told you this no. story have I I would guess that she signed it you guess wrong really she walked away she was like oh Kim you knew I was going to say that I kind of assume so because the way you phrased it made it sound like they had never talked about this they before. had never talked about it yeah you don't put a contract it in had, front of someone it had never come up and then the day before he pops that in front of her and she was like forget you so what do you think did she do the right thing oh i i mean that's what i think i would do <laughs> right so joel the male like perspective what would you do yeah i mean that's something you got to talk about i I can't imagine springing on that on someone last minute like that. Paul, you get the last word. What do you think she should have done, having it sprung the day before the wedding? Uh, delayed the wedding. Told De- they talked about it. Well, that that is see, you are a very practical guy. That is a that is a great alternative to either going forward or walking away. I like that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wendy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You want to do something for a parent that sounds really fun. What's that? Well, my parents are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary, and we'd like to give them the gift of travel. They have a special place that they go to in Florida, but we're not really sure how to go about doing that. Um, We weren't sure if the airlines had, like, open-ended vouchers, or we would like them to pick their date. So you can't do that. Okay. It, it's it's something that's very frustrating to people is that you can buy a gift card for any of the airlines or an electronic version either, and you can buy one for any airline you could think of, but right. the problem is then they're limited to that one airline that may not have the best deal, and right. it doesn't lock in their price at all. Travel requires, travel is a contract when you buy a cruise, when you buy a tour, when you buy an airline ticket you're entering into a contract for them to provide the service on a specific date. So what I would recommend is that you do something really artsy with some kind of certificate that you present to them and that when they're ready to book, then you pony up money to send them on the anniversary trip. Okay, great. Or, I mean, you could do something if you know how much money... You're doing this collectively as siblings? Correct. So is there an amount that you have agreed as a group you're going to put towards this? Um, not really. We wanted to cover all their expenses, so we wanted oh. to make sure that they were covered. So then you just tell them you're, you're sending them on an all-expense-paid trip. They just need to tell you when and where okay. and stay on them to get them to pick the date and destination 
and then you buy the best deal. But it would really harm your wallet if you were to lock in to a particular travel supplier without being able to lock in to a bargain on a trip. Okay, well, thank you very much. That sure. Gives us some ideas. So come up with the really fanciest fancy poster you can come up with. <laughs> okay, great. I'll get my artistic friends to work on that. Yeah, since I have no art talent whatsoever. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that I appreciate so much that you've just tuned into our podcast, that you had faith in the information and advice you get. You want more information from us? One of the best ways to get Clark Smart is with our free newsletters, Clark Daily, Clark Deals, and Travel Escape. Sign up now. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if you think I'm wasting your time. Go to clark.com newsletters.